Hey guys, uh, welcome to a large group. I'm so glad that you could make it. If you've not been yet, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. Uh, if you have been to large group this semester, then you know that we are going through the parables of Jesus. Last week we were in Matthew, and this week we are moving to Luke 15. This chapter of the Bible is awesome. It has three parables in it, and we'll be looking at the first one of the three, the parable of the lost sheep. I'd encourage you to read the second two parables this week if you get the chance. They're the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the prodigal son. But tonight we're just going to be looking at the first one. Uh, chapter 15 of Luke comes along after Jesus has already been pretty outspoken in his opposition of the Pharisees and the scribes. Who were the, who were the Pharisees? Uh, they were religious leaders at the time who strongly enforced an oral law that had come about in order to protect the written law. Uh, they were considered to be as righteous before God as anyone could be at the time. Uh, but Jesus has called them hypocrites, people who um, follow certain laws but neglect justice and neglect the love of God. He accuses them of loading people with burdens that are too hard to bear and not touching the burdens with one of their fingers. It suffices to say that the Pharisees and the scribes are not Jesus' biggest fans. In the beginning of this chapter, we get to meet the group of people that Jesus is telling these parables to. They're the tax collectors and sinners who all draw near to him and want to hear every word he has to say to them. And then there are the Pharisees and the scribes who grumble about who Jesus is surrounding himself with. The Pharisees and the scribes are grumbling because tax collectors were seen as those who have betrayed the people of Israel because they were Jews who overtaxed their fellow Israelites on behalf of Rome. And sinners basically encompasses prostitutes and those who are living in sin that everyone knows about. The amazing thing about Jesus is that he is telling these parables both for those who are leaning on his every word and who want to hear everything he has to say to them and those who are grumbling in the back about how much they dislike who Jesus is surrounding himself with. He sees each and every one of them as a lost sheep. The lost sheep are who Jesus is after, and spoiler alert, we are all lost sheep. Let's read Luke 15, 1 through 7 together. It's going to be on the screen. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. It's the word of God. He gives it to us in love. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for uh, just the way that you speak to us through it. Um, I just pray that you would help me to just present it to people in a clear way, um, that you would be at work through the word, and I know that you will be. Uh, please call my nerves, and uh, yeah, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, I grew up in Potomac, Maryland, right outside of D.C., and I have three brothers, one older and two younger. Living near D.C. is fun because you get to go to all the museums. There are museums in D.C., and then if we wanted to go someplace new, we could drive an hour to Baltimore and go to the aquarium there, which is awesome, or any of the other museums. 
One Saturday, when we were two, four, six, and eight, we went to the Baltimore Science Museum with some family friends. We had a blast learning about dinosaurs and seeing all sorts of cool stuff. Our souvenirs from the museum were these tiny dinosaur eggs with these little rubber dinosaurs inside of them. My younger brother Peter, who was four at the time, was super into his stegosaurus. He just could not take his eyes off of it. We were playing outside of the museum while we ate lunch, and then it was time to leave. The moms decided to round us all up and walk back to the car, but Peter kept playing in the dirt with his stegosaurus. It was chaotic to rally all of the kids and to get back to the car, and at some point along the way, we unknowingly lost track of Peter. We were all sitting in the car, strapped in, ready to drive home, when one of the girls who was with us asked, where's Peter? Peter was lost somewhere in the Baltimore Harbor on a sunny Saturday. Uh, zoom out from the car, and we find Peter, this little red-headed four-year-old walking along, talking to his dinosaur, and missing the turn for the car. He just keeps on walking for a while until he looks up and he realizes that he's lost and that he doesn't know anybody around him. Maybe you've been lost before. Maybe you never have, but it's a scary experience. Uh, you feel disoriented and confused. You're nervous to take another step because it could be getting yourself even more lost than you already are. Y'all, we are just like Peter was, just like the lost sheep in this parable was. But there is good news for us. Looking back at what we just read, we can see that Jesus is the shepherd in this story that he has told. When we look at the shepherd's actions, there are three things that stand out to me. Firstly, the shepherd is looking for the sheep. Second, the shepherd finds the sheep and rejoices. And finally, the shepherd celebrates with his friends and neighbors because he has found the sheep. In this parable, we are the sheep and Jesus is the shepherd. This means that Jesus himself tells you that he's looking for you, that he finds you, and that he celebrates you. That is such good news. And the first part of the parable shows us the shepherd looking in earnest for his lost sheep. This shows us that Jesus is looking for you. Jesus knows you intimately. He knows every hair in your head and your every thought. When you get lost, he recognizes it. Think about that. He realizes when you're not with him. Jesus, the king, he recognizes that you're missing. You're not small and meaningless to Jesus. He longs to find you, even to the point of leaving 99 other sheep that he has with him, just to go look for you. And when he recognizes that you're lost, he goes out and searches for you. Jesus is looking for you. He knows you individually. He knows and loves your quirks, your hobby, your sense of humor, everything. He knows that you are lost, and he longs to have you back with him. He goes after you, searching far and wide until he has found you. Verse 4 tells us that the shepherd goes after the one that is lost until he finds it. He will not stop searching. He does not blame us for getting ourselves lost, but he does come after us because he knows what is best for us. So often, what I think is best for my life drives me. It seems like gaining the world would bring fulfillment and happiness to my life, but gaining the world really leads to nothing. Just listen to Justin Bieber's new song, Lonely, and try to convince me that gaining the world will lead to fulfillment and happiness. I know that it won't fulfill me, but I still go off in search of it, and most of the time, when I look up from my plans, what I'm so focused on, I find myself lost. But this parable tells us that when we are lost, Jesus is looking for us. 
and that his finding of us is unavoidable. Jesus will search for you until he finds you. This shows us just how much we are loved by him. The second part of the story shows us the shepherd finding the sheep. It's this beautiful picture um, of the shepherd picking the sheep up and putting it on his shoulders rejoicing. This tells us that Jesus does find you. Not only is Jesus looking for you, but he will find you. Whatever the path that you've taken, no matter how lost you are, whether or not you know that you are lost, cannot stop him from finding you. That is such good news. No matter what, he searches until he finds you, and he does find you. And what does the face of Jesus look like when he finds you striving after the world and all of its emptiness? What does Jesus say to you when he finds you ashamed in your sin, living in this sin that you are aware of or that you're not aware of, when he finds you striving after just emptiness? Does he, does he look at you and get ashamed of what you've done? Does he tell you that you are a failure and that you got yourself lost yet again? Does he reprimand us and then leave us in our lost state? No, that's not who Jesus is. He sees you, he loves you, he lays you on his shoulders and he rejoices. Jesus rejoices with you alone when he finds you. When you realize that he has found you and you let him pick you up and lay you on his shoulders as he is rejoicing, it's, that's, that's the moment of you being found. Have you ever been found by a kid that you were playing hide and seek with? They are so excited. They're so thrilled when they pull back the curtain and, oh, you're there. It's, it's so exciting for them. They're thrilled. And that's the heart of Jesus towards you when he finds you. He cannot get enough of you. He searches until he has found you. And then he lays you on his shoulders rejoicing and saying, come on, let's get you home. The final part of this parable is so celebratory. The shepherd brings his sheep home and he calls all of his friends and his neighbors together to rejoice. This shows us that Jesus celebrates you. He celebrates us. Jesus rejoices in you the moment that he finds you, but he is so excited that he just cannot shut up about it. He carries you home to where you belong and starts telling everybody, hey, I found him. I found my lost sheep. I found my Ben. He calls all of his friends and his neighbors and says, rejoice with me. He can't get enough of it and he can't shut up about it. He's rejoicing in heaven, throwing a big party and telling his father and all those who are there with him, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep who is lost. I have found him and he turns to me. I have brought him home where he belongs. Jesus celebrates you. He loves you so much and he gets so excited when you're back where you belong. And don't fail to notice, don't fail to notice that he brings you back. It is Jesus who does the work for us. If you're thinking, I'm so lost, I've been wandering for years, I don't want to walk all that way back. Jesus does not require you to do a thing. All he wants us to do is to turn to him in repentance, and he will carry you back on his shoulders in celebration. So that's the parable, but there's this final verse. Jesus gives us this word on repentance. So what's the big deal with repentance? Uh, verse 7 says that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 persons who need no repentance. Repentance is one of those Christian words that 
we can sort of lose our grasp of meaning on in its repetition. Um, but in its essence, repentance means turning. Turning back to Jesus, turning back to God. When I think about repentance as I see it in this parable, um, I see five things. I see recognition, realization, repentance, rejoicing, and then repetition. Um, the, first, the first one is recognizing that you're lost. If we don't recognize our own lost state, then we will never turn from it. Um, take the time to think about your life. Ask the question, is what I'm doing being done with the Holy Spirit? Am I living life with Jesus? Whenever I ask myself these questions and the answers are no, I can easily recognize that I'm lost. Okay, I get that I'm lost, so now I turn from what, I do, turn from what I'm doing, and I repent of my sin, and I live with Jesus and everything, and then my life gets easier, right? No. Um, remember that you actually do not have the ability to find your way back. You're not going to find your way back. Jesus tells us that no one comes to the Father except through him. Except through him. But realize that he has found you. That when you turn around and decide, I want to I get my way back, he is there looking at you. He's looking, he's looking at you with this loving face. Um, and that he wants to bring you back. So realizing that you've already been found opens the door for repentance. We now have the ability to repent, to turn to Jesus, to let him carry us back to where we belong in communion with him. This act of repentance is easy once we know that it is Jesus who does the heavy lifting, but it still demands a lot in saying no to what you are currently seeking aside from Jesus, aside from the Lord. Um, but as hard as it is to say no, all we need to do is ask for forgiveness, and his answer is always yes. After, we get to rejoice along with the whole host of heaven. As we enter into community with other people who have been found, we get to celebrate together. The Christian life is not going to make your life easier, but it will bring you joy. And lots of that joy is found in spending time with people who know Jesus, people who follow Jesus. Not only do we rejoice with others on earth in our repentance, but this rejoicing described in the last verse, when one sinner repents, happens in heaven. And this is not a one-time thing. There's rejoicing in heaven over your repentance every single time that you repent. Every time. It's not just when you become a Christian. It happens every single time that you repent. So repeat these, these steps every day. Take the time to recognize that you're lost, to realize that you've already been found, to repent of your sins, to rejoice in your salvation, and then to keep on repeating this as long as you live your life with Jesus. Jesus told these parables during his ministry and the same people who heard this ended up condemning him to die on the cross. Jesus died for us. John 10 tells us that the good shepherd, who we have met in this parable, lays down his life for his sheep. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And as he hung up on that cross, every single sin you and I have ever or ever will commit was put onto him. Do you know what that means? It means that Jesus cannot be surprised by how bad your sins are. He knows every single one of them. He has already taken every single one of them to the grave. 
So repent and tell him what he already knows. And then rejoice in your salvation. So we were all in the minivan and we all realized that Peter is gone. I see my mom's face go white and then it's game time. She mobilizes, she leaves the 99 to go and find her son. Don't worry, there was another mom with us. We were not left alone. Jesus goes after you like a mom who has lost her four-year-old son. She was not going to stop looking for Peter until she found him. Luckily, God was gracious enough to let Peter be found fairly quickly. And Peter got himself found by finding a mommy when he recognized that he was lost. He did not try to find his own way back, but he turned to another mom who, he could, get, who could get him back. He knew that she could get him back. He was lost, and that mom helped him get found. After we had Peter back with us at the police station, the police threw us a little impromptu celebration with popsicles. Uh, we rejoiced together in our lost brother coming back to where he belongs. Jesus is looking for you because he is desperate to have you back. He will find you because he searches for you until he finds you. And he will celebrate you along with all of heaven every single time that you repent. Amen to that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for finding us. Thank you for finding me. Um, Thank you for your word and for just what it teaches us so clearly and so plainly. Um, Thank you for taking all of our sin to the cross and for dying for us and for the good news that we have in our salvation. Uh, I pray that you would give us each the courage to take the time to recognize how lost we actually are on a daily basis and that you'd give us a chance to realize that you've found us and that you'd lead us to repentance and that we'd be able to rejoice with you and with each other um, every single day of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.